0: This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore and for Sasha Ann Simons. Jordan Peele's Nope is a different kind of horror film than you might be used to seeing.
1: What if I told you
2: that today you'll leave here different? Fox! Fox! I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Coming above the clouds.
1: That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever kill pops is out there? Right here,
3: you are going to witness an absolute spectacle.
0: I'm excited to nerd out about Nope, and we'll try to keep the spoilers to a minimum, but let's meet our panel. Ariane Nettles is a journalist and lecturer at Northwestern University. Hey. Hi, Natalie. Tanikia Carpenter is an actress, writer, and creator of Sunday School Productions. Welcome, Tanikia.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And Jamie Howard is the host of the horror podcast Bloody Broads. Welcome to Reset, Jamie.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Okay, after watching the film, what three words would you use to describe it? Ariana, I'll start with you.
3: Ooh, I would say workhorse. Mm.
1: I, I'm
3: going to count that as one. Um, sacrifice and spectacle.
0: is Those are my three words. Yeah. Okay. Tanikia?
2: <laughs> I would say um, confused. <laughs> um, you, you took spectacle for me, definitely. Um, spectacle
1: and then I would say um, analytical. And Jamie, mm, yeah, spectacle got taken from me as well. I'm glad we're all in that same vibe. I'm gonna say profound, and I'm gonna say awe-inspiring, and count that as two words.
0: Okay. Um, I thought the movie was horrifying, and I sat in the theater with my hands over my eyes a few times. But it was also so smart because Jordan Peele always gives those critical layers to think about. I want to start at the beginning of the movie, which starts with a Bible verse, Nahum uh, third chapter 6, verse, which says, quote, I will cast abdominal filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. So we've already talked about spectacle. Um, Jamie, do you think that that gave you a better sense of what the film had in store?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Because, you know, there's that quote at the beginning of the trailer that says, what's a bad miracle? And then Peel answers it, a spectacle.
0: Hmm. And near the beginning, one of the main characters, Emerald, played by Kiki Palmer, explains how their family business got started. Let's take a listen.
3: Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the game.
0: The family has been in the business since the beginning of Hollywood, but it seems like they're still not widely accepted in the industry. Jamie, tell us more about what the family business is and what we should take away from their lack of success.
1: It's really interesting to me to kind of look at their business as an, a bigger allegory for you know colonialism because what does this monster do but come in and colon, you know colonize their homestead where they're raising these horses and literally take away their lifeblood from them, uh, how they're making their earning and their living. and then to have another person come in and buy what horses they do have left? I mean, it just was a perfect allegory to me.
0: Oh, Jamie, that really helps me because I was sitting here wondering why would that thing, alien, monster, whatever, come to black people's land? And I hadn't thought about it in terms of colonialism. That makes so much sense. Um, But there's also O.J., um, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who was giving instructions on how to behave around the horse that he was asked to bring on set. And everyone brushed him off until something bad happened. And he was fired for it. Tanikio, what do you think of that scene?
2: Yeah, so we, when you said O.J., that's what it kind of like stood out to me and me just like digging deeper um, and trying to figure out like, I feel like Jordan Peele was very intentional with like naming him O.J. And oh, yes. How that <laughs> like, almost almost like don't generalize every black man that you meet named O.J. Um, and, and don't take away opportunities when things just don't go your way like one little you know mishap happens and then you have to completely shut it down and so that's sort of kind of how I was feeling like okay one tiny mistake is made um you are but you already did not listen you didn't hear me you didn't see me and you want me to perform for you and when it didn't go your way then you just sort of kind of uh, throw me out that's how I took it.
0: Ariane, the name O.J. Spectacle. What did you think of the choice to name that character, him? That Name that, I shouldn't say him, after O.J. What do you think of the choice to name the character O.J.?
3: I mean, you know, honestly, at first, I did not think as much about it until actually when we get in that scene and he says, my name is O.J. And, you know, the, the guy says, O.J., you know? Um, and so... I kind of, that did remind me, like, oh, well, yeah, I guess nowadays, yes, absolutely, right? People will pause, but, you know, how many OJs did we have before that particular OJ? But I do think, especially whenever I think about football, especially, um, and we think about sports, we think about um, Black men particularly being kind of treated how people treat thoroughbreds, right? Like, how treating people as property, seeing them as means of creating financial wealth often for, you know, white ownership. And so I think that that, too, in that way, when we specifically think about, you know, OJ as someone who was a part of this industry in itself that is often critiqued for, its treatment of black men um regardless of what perhaps this particular black man um his his what he has uh, done. Um and so I think that that is very intentional. I think it kind of, you know, when I think about this movie in particular, the connections between animals and human behavior was very clear. You know, we're thinking a lot about how these animals may have felt connected to certain populations or certain people in that movie, you know, like how OJ himself is kind to horses. He is in these scenes telling people, be careful, you know, give the horse a break, make sure that the horse is okay, don't do these things, self-set the horse, right? Like treat this animal with kindness this animal was not just a workhorse like that's why that that word was just kind of like it hit me in the movie theater and I had to like pull out my phone <laughs> and write it down. So I think that that has been kind of what has really been percolating in my mind since I left the theater even.
0: Tanikia, the whole movie felt like a spectacle. And spoiler alert, so turn down your volume if you don't want to hear this. The alien would eat you up if you dared to look at it. But it left people alone who didn't look at it. What kind of symbolism is that?
2: You know, civil rights, Jim Crow era, you, you couldn't look white people in the eye. You know, you had to step down from the sidewalk and let them cross by. I, I immediately thought about that. Like, hey, don't don't intimidate me. Don't look me in my eyes you know, that I felt like Jordan Peele was very intentional with that. So as long as you are beneath me, as long as you are, um, you know, again, not looking me in the eye and and not seeing me, uh, then I'm okay with it. But when you look me in my eye, then I may be intimidated. You may see me um, and and you may actually try to like fight me, you know, and come against me. So I, I definitely, About Jim Crow
0: era for sure. See, I thought about it as mind your own business (laughs) and stop looking at the (laughs) spectacle. If you (laughs) do what you're supposed to do, don't look at me, there'll be no trouble. Um, So, this is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore, in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about Nope, Jordan Peele's new movie. Our panel today is Ariane Nettles, journalist and lecturer at Northwestern University. Sonekia Carpenter, actress, writer and creator of Sunday School Productions, and Jamie Howard, host of the horror podcast Bloody Broads. Ari, I want to talk to you about Jupe here for a minute. The character is played by Stephen Yun. He was a former child star on a TV show and had the role of an Asian child presumably adopted by a white family that also had a pet chimp. At one point they're filming, the chimp loses it, and Jupe is the only one of the cast members to survive physically unharmed. What did you take away from those scenes?
3: So um, I guess as a warning <laughs> to anyone who hasn't seen it, um, these are the bloodiest scenes of the movie. Um, they are, I guess, the most traditional um, horror-like scenes. I kind of have been describing the other scenes is more like, Jurassic Park, Jaws, you know, Independence Day kind of feel. But these are horror scenes, right? Um, But Juke is a really interesting character because how he has translated this pain is interesting. But I think also when we sit back and think about it, how many of us have. So he has gone through this very traumatic experience and he sort of laughs it off. He profits off of it. He reminds people, hey, I was there when this horrible thing happened, and here is how you can pay money to see artifacts from this show or to, you know, spend time with things or to be in my presence. You know, I am this person who survived this thing, and this is how I, I need to be paid for this thing. But often how, I mean, really how often, though, do we, as the people who are experienced the trauma, are able to profit off the trauma. So I I felt like, you know, jupe's idea was, I'm going to get ahead of this, right? Instead of somebody else profiting off of the trauma that I experienced, I am going to profit off the trauma that I experienced. I do not think that I personally could have done that, but I can kind of understand his attempt to do that. Basically saying, I'm going to be the person. If anybody's going to make money off of this tragedy that I had to experience, it's going to be me. And I'm going to, I'm going to, be in charge this time. Now, now I'm in charge. I felt helpless, And now I'm not going to feel helpless anymore. Um, We're not going to say what, what else happens. But I I understand that
0: feeling. Jamie, what did you think about Jupe surviving?
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, You know, especially coming, I'm also an actor and coming from that place of, we're always celebrated when we're at our worst in a role, it seems like. I think of how many women and especially how many Black women have won Oscars for playing painful roles. And it seems like that's the only time, you know, actors sometimes get acknowledged. But looking at it from a child performer standpoint, it's that's exactly it. It's like, all right, you know, the industry chewed me up and spat me out, and now it's my turn. And it was... It, that part of the whole movie really stuck with me.
0: Yeah, same, same for me. I'm, I'm still processing those moments the most and the commentary around how actors of color are treated in the system spitting out, like you said. Uh, Tanekia, in the middle of all that chaos, um, young Jupe focuses on a shoe standing on its end. Now, there are a lot of theories about what that shoe means. What do you think? Tanikia? Jamie, do you want to take that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So to me, it felt like there were bigger forces at play. And that's been a hotly debated topic in a couple of film discussion groups I met on Facebook. uh, Everyone seemed to be like, all right, what's the deal with the shoe? Why does this matter? Um, To me, it just felt like there were bigger forces at play. Uh, And I wish I had a better explanation for it. But like you, I'm still chewing on pieces of this movie. In fact, I'm going to go back and see it this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think that I don't have to put my hands over my eyes as much if I see it again. And uh, I can uh, get those (laughs) moments that I might have missed out of my sheer terror. Um, Juke was also the butt of jokes in the show he starred in. And it became the attention he craved until the very end. Um, Ari, what will, well, no, we have Tanikia back. Um, What do you think about what Jordan Peele was trying to say about actors of color and being the butt of jokes? Okay, sorry. I don't know what
2: happened, guys. Um, So... I I watched a little bit of his interview, and he he really honed in on spectacle, which is why I think we all chose spectacle. And I feel like sometimes black actors in Hollywood um, can become the spectacle. Um, I won't mention any names, but, like, we've seen actors take on these parts or these roles where they feel like I had to take on this more so part to get – ahead i had to play this role i had to do this role that may have been degrading to me um to get ahead and so i think that's another part of the message that he was trying to hone in in his own unique way um that actors black actors in hollywood uh maybe even black organizations black businesses in hollywood may have been and continue to be the spectacle just with the horse horse branch you know we may not go to this black owned business even though they've been here in the community um, we may support somebody else. Um, but definitely when it comes to Black actors, not having um, the option to choose many roles that's just not available, not having the creative liberty to to do something like horror, uh, which he's doing now, um, and just having to take on the traditional roles that are beneath Black actors.
0: And I, I love the title, Nope, because, <laughs> um, you know, what it says to me is, how we stereotypically see in horror films that black and minority characters are killed off quickly, but in Nope, we have black folks saying Nope. And we see white characters (laughs) dying off first. Did you notice that too, Ariane?
3: Oh, absolutely. Because even, you know, when we, there's a scene where a lot of people, you know, again, not going to spoil it, but just know that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to die. And most of this, this audience is non um, people of color. And so with that, it is, you know, throughout the movie, you hear a lot of people being like, you know what, nope, nope, (laughs) I'm not gonna, you know, am I gonna get out the car and risk? Nope, am I gonna do this? Nope, and that is a natural reaction. It's not even placed in places where you even notice it. It's, It's subtle because it is a natural place where I know I would say, nope, I'm just going to stay right here, I'm going to look down, I'm going to mind my business, and that's how I'm going to survive. And so I think that, you know, how often are we watching a horror film and we're like, no, I just would have just stayed where I was. If I didn't go looking to see what was down the acre or acre away in the barn, I would have been fine in my nicely well-lit wherever I was, and I would be alive, okay? So maybe they just should have said, nope, a couple more times, would have been all right, so um, I think now we're we gonna go back this weekend and we're gonna go watch this together, okay? We're we gonna, <laughs> we gonna keep your hands off your eyes,
0: we're gonna watch it, okay? All right, all right. Uh, Jamie is our resident horror expert. How do you think this film compares to Peel's other two films, Get Out and Us? <sighs>
1: I mean, he obviously, from a bat, had a bigger budget, so it was absolutely more of a spectacle. There's that word again. And I think it's just building upon his legacy. You know, in my opinion, I can see the growth through each film. There are people who are always going to prefer Get Out versus, you know, the other two. But to me, his themes have gotten more complex, more sophisticated every single movie. And I'm so excited by his growth. And I'm... A very huge Peel fangirl. So I'm very excited to see what he does next.
0: So, are you saying that this one is your favorite out of the three?
1: Oh my gosh, don't make me choose. Um, I think this and Get Out are tied for number one, and us is the closest uh, it can get at number two.
0: And I think about like, what else can he cover next with, you know, he, he's <laughs> with, with race and horror because this is a genre he wants to to stay in. Um, Ariane, if you had his ear, what would you want him to cover in his next film?
3: Oh wow, that is really hard. Um, you know what? I don't have any suggestions because I could not have guessed this one, and I loved it. You know, so I just I I love just give me give me more. I love. I guess I would just say more of the history because I loved. Um, I've been learning more film history myself, and so how this was infused in a film was really enjoyable for me. So maybe give me some more like Hollywood then. You know, give, give me more of it, because I think that was really fun for me to to do my own research and look up more and find those parallels.
0: Well, I knew we wouldn't have enough time, but we've been speaking with Ariane Nettles, journalist and lecturer at Northwestern University, Tanikia Carpenter, actress, writer, creator of Sunday School Productions, and Jamie Howard, host of the horror podcast Bloody Broads. Thank you all for joining us. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen.